0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Wrestling Source Radio. The following show is scheduled for one fall with a one-hour time limit. Introducing your host, from parts unknown, he's the best radio announcer there is, the best radio announcer there was, and the best radio announcer there ever will be, Rodney Dion.
1: Yes, good evening, wrestling fans. It's Wrestling Source Radio, Coast FM 963. Yours truly, Rodney Dion, in the hot seat. Got an absolutely jam packed show coming your way off the back of PWA's Liger Down Under, in association, of course, with the Farley Dojo. And that's probably why you can tell my voice, definitely not what it usually is. I uh, spent all night cheering. And uh, I don't know how my voice is going to hold up by the end of the show, but we're going to do our best. But Liger Down Under, from the top to the bottom, being the main event, the man himself, Jujin Thunder Liger, teaming up with our very own Robbie Eagles, taking on, friend of the show, Jack Bonza and Farley, bad luck Farley. It was an absolutely sensational main event. It was a sensational show, like I said, from top to bottom. And got to be joined by the voice of PWA and one third of Triple M's the top rope podcast i'm talking about andrew rose he'll be joining me in a little bit to basically dissect the year that has been 2019 for pwa they've actually absolutely been kicking goals and taking names that's for sure also got to touch on wrestle kingdom 14 with new japan pro wrestling andrew rose loves himself some new japan and we'll touch on our predictions for wrestlemania in the wwe let's not waste any time let's get into some tunes And this one's been on high uh, rotation on my uh, Spotify. Don't know about you. It's Cody Rhodes-themed music. It's Kingdom by Downstate. Right here on Coast FM 963, it's Wrestling Source Radio. Talking to Rhodes after this. It is Wrestling Source Radio, Coast FM 963, and what a night last night was at the Factory Theatre, PWA, the Phile Dojo, Liger Down Under, and here to talk all about it and the highlights of PWA 2019, it is the voice of PWA, and one-half, or one-third I should say, of the top. Rope Wrestling Podcast. It is Mr. Chris Gale. I mean, oh, sorry, we got it wrong there. Oh, uh, Mr. Andrew Rose. How dare you? <laughs>
0: how dare you mention that name's, uh, man's name around me. Thank you, Joel, for having me on the show. I am Andrew Rose. And uh, it's nice to be uh, called the voice of PWA. Most people don't say that. It's usually just me saying that.
1: Well, I'm be- I've been drinking the Kool-Aid and I'll expect my uh, check in the mail.
0: Oh, fantastic. Yeah, yeah you, you'll, get the, you'll get
1: the money, no doubt. Thanks for having me on, man. <laughs> no, thanks for being on. And, I mean, Liger down under, um, the Factory Theater last night. I mean, from top to bottom, obviously, Liger being the highlight, seeing um, a great international act. Uh, basically, I guess, on the retirement tour, some would say. But, I mean, overall, PWA, they've just been smacking it out of the park with each event.
0: Yeah, I, it's been a very amazing year for us. And LIGA was a great way to finish 2019 for PWA. Um, I, I, I'm lucky enough to be one of the commentators for PWA. And one of the great things about being a commentator for a wrestling company is that you can still be a fan. So we'd like to experience the matches and what happens in the matches the same as the fans that are watching it. So what, what we're saying feels genuine, feels real and feels, you know, authentic. And when they announced Liger at the Coliseum Tournament, and that song came up and Liger hit and the whole room went crazy, I reacted with everyone else uh, the same way, which was, well, Thunder Liger is an icon of not just Japanese wrestling, but professional wrestling. He's mm-hmm. been around my entire life. He's an 11-time champion. He's won multiple tournaments. And to get him in a PWA ring in his farewell match in Australia was such an honor, I think, for PWA. And to see it all come... To fruition last night and see that amazing crowd and the reception they gave him and the farewell was, was incredible to be a part of.
1: And I said to uh, Jack Bonzer a few weeks ago, um, you sort of on the fringe or your casual wrestling fans have definitely seen uh, Liger in some capacity. They may not have known his name or who he was, but obviously being so distinctive with that mask, with the horns. Mm. And uh, it's uh, like I tried to say that he, he would have, he's universally recognized um, by your casual and obviously your hardcore wrestling fans.
0: Yeah, he's up there. I'd say he's up there with Ray Mysterio as one of the most iconic masked wrestlers of all time. And like, it's a great way you put it there. Like You might not know his name, but the moment you see him, you go, yeah, that guy. Yeah. I've seen him a million times. And you know he got to uh, feature on NXT a couple of years back on a takeover, which was a huge thing to uh, explain to a lot of the young fans in the Western market who he was. I think that was a really good thing they did. And for us to continue that on at PWA was, was amazing. And Last night, him and Robbie had a tag match against Fala and Bonzo, who I thought Bonzo was amazing in that match. Um, and the crowd was just so into it. It was an amazing, it was an awesome time.
1: I mean, from top to bottom last night was absolutely amazing, but you touch on the main event there. Bad Luck Farley, Jack Bonds are taking on, uh Jujan Thunder Liger, and obviously Robbie Eagles. Australia is uh, probably one of our biggest exports, especially in Japan at the moment. Uh, it was like, a great main event. Uh, obviously, the crowd went home happy, um, but I mean... How have you seen the PWA events? I mean, you've been commentating for most of 2019. I mean, how would mm. this one rank? With with um, This is sort of coming on the back of the pre the Prefect's 18th birthday party, on the back of the Colosseum, which was absolutely huge. And then, wait for it, the Royal Rumble, or the Royal Rumble, mm. the, the uh, PWA Rumble, I should say. Oh, I think it was called Break Their Backs and Make Them Rumble. Yeah, I mean, just so all these events, you like, oh, surely PWA can't top that, but they do, and this and this is being streamed online on Ovo. So if you can't get your bum on a seat, you can be streaming online and see how great this is.
0: It's one of the most. I mean, I've worked in media in different forms for a very long time in my life, and PWA is the most incredible balancing act I've ever seen in my life because. The, the key word to do 2019 no for Peter, was momentum. The momentum that the company gained from, like you said, event to event to event from month to month to month was incredible uh, and uh, hard to keep up with because we're doing a live stream to the whole world. Uh, we want to show the whole world what Australian wrestling can do. Um, to have all those moving parts all hit one time live on air and it all worked and all the matches work and all the storylines come together, it's just such an incredible incredibly large amount of people involved in getting that right and it's a testament to how good the crew is at pwa because everyone does their job and it's somehow somehow miraculously we're pulling it off
1: Someone who has really uh, taken me, I wouldn't say by surprise, but is definitely, I'd have to say, my favourite Australian wrestler at the moment. It's Ricky South. Uh, mm. Obviously, he sort of a uh, bit of a, came very close in the Coliseum this year, but uh, had some twists and turns within his character. He's absolutely adored by the fans. Um, it kind of, I guess, to explain to potential viewers or listeners that haven't seen a Ricky South, I'd say he's the closest thing that we have to a, like a gold dust character, Ricky South.
0: Yeah, Ricky South, uh, to us, uh, it feels like a very uniquely thing. Because one of the things that's great about Australian wrestling is that we can do Australian-type uh, storylines. So we can do um, comedy differently than, say, Americans and, and the English wrestlers would. Uh, and it's the same with Ricky South. Because Ricky South represents the freedom, right, of, of a lot of people in this country. He comes from uh, King's Cross. He's your daddy's daddy. He's your everybody's boyfriend. He's fine being himself. And the great story they told this year was that he had he was forced to join a group called SMS that was all about censorship, and suddenly he's Richard South in a black turtleneck. He's not, uh, he not hes not emitting any of the joy that he used to admit to people, and everyone wanted Ricky back. You, you knew he was in there somewhere, but for months we had to watch this shell of a man, and uh, when Ricky came back to us, it was such an outpouring of happiness from everyone at PWA that one of the most loved characters was back being himself, and I think we told a story there that meant a lot to a lot of the PWA fans, and that's why everyone loves Ricky. And also because he's a damn good wrestler. He's one of the best wrestlers you'll ever see. He's just first one in the gym every day, last one to leave, works harder than anyone else, and you see it in his matches.
1: You took the words right out of my mouth. Um, uh, Mind the meatloaf reference there. Um, <laughs> yeah, Ricky South, well, that's what I have written down. He's kind of the first there, the last to leave, and don't want to you know, do too much peeking behind the curtain, but I have it on good authority and from uh, many sources that uh, he's you know, the first one there packing the ring up or getting the ring into the truck, uh, um, packing up, and last night was no different as I saw him reversing the Hertz truck uh, into the factory theatre. Yeah,
0: Ricky South um, is probably the most... Um, I wouldn't say he's underappreciated because everyone in the company knows how hard he works. But I don't think people outside know just how much he does outside of the ring for the company and how, how much of it he, he's an inspiration to a lot of the young guys in PWA. And when Matty Wahlberg won the Coliseum tournament, he did a speech after the show went off the air. And he turned to Ricky and said, if you, Ricky, you, you are the reason I'm Matty Wahlberg. If you didn't work so hard, it wouldn't drive me to work so hard. Mm. And that's how much respect every wrestler in PWA as for Ricky, but it's true. The morning of Coliseum, he was there packing up the ring at 7am. And everyone asked him, why are you there so early packing up the ring? And his answer was, I'm excited. That's just Ricky.
1: I don't know if I invented the chant, but do you know the old the old Ricky Lake show, the talk show? Oh, I used to love that show. Yeah, and the, the chant was, go Ricky, go yeah. Ricky. I, I uh, started getting that going last night, and uh, me and friends started doing some, uh, oh Ricky, you're so fine, you so fine, you blow my mind. Hey Ricky, he yeah, also so, got a um, lot
0: of uh, Ricks out for the boys. Yes, Ricks, yeah, a lot Rick's, of Rick's South South out for the boys. For the boys. <laughs> he's, he's, he's quite the character, and we love him to death in PWA, and I think 2020 is going to be a massive year for Ricks South.
1: Absolutely. And uh, a massive 2019. Uh, you mentioned uh, the man himself. I've uh, been on uh, reality TV with uh, uh, the Survivor Series, which... Um, Me and the wife absolutely love watching at home. Uh, Matty Wahlberg, um, he he couldn't make it till um, the tribe split or to merge or whatever it was, but he did win the Coliseum this year. And uh, you and Matty Wahlberg have, uh, you know, uh, not necessarily seen eye to eye on a lot of things. You kind of called him out saying that he can't win the big one. Did end up taking out the Coliseum. Uh, and I've uh, made memes over the past year about uh, trying to put together a match of Maddie Wahlberg v. Andrew Rose Rose. Um, but uh, I've sort of put this forward to Jack Bonzo. and He says, well, if Andrew Rose wants to uh, get into the gym and uh, train up and uh, do all the right things, uh, if you were to do that, um, would we eventually see a Wahlberg-Rose match? I'll
0: tell you this. Uh, one of my biggest strengths is I know my weaknesses. And I'm a big enough... Wrestling fan to know, and I've spent enough time around wrestlers now to know that I do not have what it takes to be a professional wrestler. I don't have the drive. I don't have the uh, what's the word when you don't when you have to control yourself from doing bad things. <laughs> I'm not good at controlling myself like those wrestlers are. They're, they're peak athletes and they work really hard to get where they are. I don't have it in me. That's why I'm a commentator. I I, I talk my way out of most fights, and I think that's what annoys Maddie about me. Is that I can talk like him, but I'm not willing to fight him because that's how he normally sorts out a lot of his issues. So I think we clashed early because of that. Because I was in media, we're both, you know, peacocking kind of guys, and uh, we clashed heads. But you know what I said to him before Coliseum tournament was true. He he couldn't win the big one. He was always in his head when the big one came about. And uh, I'd like to think of what I said to him as motivation because after that he went on and won the Coliseum and proved me wrong. So I think we've grown some mutual respect for each other, but we still definitely do not like each other.
1: That's right, Matty Wahlberg. Andrew Rose helped you win the Coliseum.
0: I'm not going to fight him, okay? <laughs> I'm terrified of the man. Have you seen his abs?
1: <laughs> um, but in all seriousness, maybe a beer B-Pong challenge or how about this? A rap battle.
0: Oh, goodness me. Oh, goodness. i not have to think about that. I think he probably be destroyed me. In a... Here's the thing. He's got the crowd on his side. Everyone loves Matty Warburg. Everyone hates Rose. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Before we wrap up uh, the sensational year that PWA has had, uh, going back this year, what would you say would have to be one of the big highlights? Wow, that's really
0: tough. I think, I think it, it would be a no-brainer to say that there's been a, 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 an incredible amount of highlights in a row this year for PWA. The achievements of going live on Ovo Play have meant a lot to a lot of us. To be able to... Give Aussie fans the opportunity to finish work on a Friday, come home, sit on their couch and watch Australian pro wrestling in their lounge room meant the world to us. So I think that was a huge step for us, but I think it all culminated at the Coliseum tournament. That two-night tournament where people from around the world flew in to be at Max Watts and see that show, uh, I I think made us all very proud of the, the year we've done. So I think that would be the two big beats for me.
1: Absolutely. You're on Wrestling Source Radio, Coast FM 963. Rose, don't go anywhere because after the break, we're going to talk about something that's very close to your heart. It is New Japan Pro Wrestling. And just around the corner, after Christmas, after New Year's, it is going to be Wrestle Kingdom 14 at the Tokyo Dome, a two-day event similar to the Coliseum there. And uh, we're going to chew the fat about it after this. Wrestling Source. And we're back, Wrestling Source Radio, Coast FM 963, Rodney D on here, joined by the voice, the man of PWA, no, it's uh, <laughs> it's Andrew Rose. He, no, keep going, that's great. Yeah, uh, I, 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 I committed and then I kind of thought, oh, I don't know where to go from here.
0: But no, it it is Andrew Rose. He
1: is a one third of the Top Rope podcast and one of the commentators at PWA. And we're going to be talking about New Japan Pro Wrestling, Wrestle Kingdom, just around the corner after Christmas and New Year's. Uh, This is the equivalent of... This is the Wrestlemania for Japan because I always Mm. uh, have trouble explaining it to my wife because she obviously is very aware of WWE. And when I started getting into New Japan Pro Wrestling, she's like... But how come they're not all Japanese wrestlers? Or like, oh, but they, they are, but they're not. So what is this? And I just tried to explain. Well, this is like the WrestleMania, but for Japan.
0: Yeah, I always explain it to someone who isn't a wrestling fan, like there's sport leagues, right? So you can be uh, a really good baseball player uh, and you can play in the major leagues in America. But there's also a huge market in Japan for yeah. baseball. There's also a huge market in Cuba. So, um, you know, I, I kind of liken it like that. If you're a good enough athlete, you can play anywhere in the world in any league that you want
1: to. And it's going to be the first time this year that they're uh, having a uh, two two day Wrestle Kingdom uh, I think it's just in uh, in line with the Olympics, that's uh, going to be happening uh, a little bit later on in the year, um, really? but what's your initial thoughts of having a two day Wrestle Kingdom for it or against it? Uh,
0: well, look, Wrestle Kingdom has been around for quite a while and it's a one night event in the Tokyo Dome, it's a huge event um, but it's, it's The great thing about New Japan is it's also growing in stature as a company the last 10 years. It's added more titles, uh, and those titles have been kept prestigious, like the U.S. Championship. Mm -hmm. So uh, if they feel like they've grown enough to take the show to two nights and entertain people, then I'm all for it, because I'm from a place where we did that with Coliseum this year at PWA. We we knew there was enough good talent on those shows and enough people would want to see two nights in a row of a tournament. And it it works. So I I believe that New Japan know what they're doing and I'm fine with it. It means more wrestling, right?
1: Yeah. There can never be too much wrestling, Rose, can there?
0: Oh. Yeah. (laughs) No. Mate, I'm getting getting close, dude. I'll tell you what, there is a lot of wrestling but uh, I'm I'm making it so far.
1: (laughs) Now... I guess um, the toast of Sydney last night was Jujin Thunder Liger with his last ever match in Australia. He'll be performing uh, for the last time on both these nights so I'm guessing the second night will be officially his last match. But I guess the matches that everyone's really looking forward to, I mean everyone's looking forward to all these matches. I mean there's, this is a two night event so there's like about a million matches. Everyone complains about the five hour Wrestlemania. I think that, <laughs> I think this Wrestle Kingdom is going to give them a good hard uh, challenge. But at the end of the two nights New Japan Pro Wrestling will crown the first-ever dual champion in the Intercontinental Champion slash the IWGP World Champion. So, night one, we have Koda uh, Abushi, uh, taking on Okada for the uh, IWGP title. Now, obviously, uh, uh, Koda he won the uh, G1 earlier this year, which gave him the right to challenge Okada for that title. Uh, and we also, on that first night, have Jay White, who is the Intercontinental Champion taking on Naito. So the winners of those respective matches will then take on the winners of both those matches in night two, hence crowning a dual champion. Now, I need to go back in the uh, time machine to 2000, and I believe it was 17, or might have been 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 18, Um, Wrestle uh, Wrestle Kingdom 12, when Chris Jericho made headlines by taking on Kenny Omega. Uh, That was like the dual uh, headline main event match, whatever you want to call it. But the main event obviously being the title match at the time, (gasps) deep breath which uh was okada and naito and you were kind of filling me in about the backstory because sometimes it's it when you're watching something without context it can not make sense Um, but you explained that how naito was kind of the roman reigns of new japan pro wrestling was pushed really hard the crowd rejected him he went on a tour or went to mexico relearned his craft and came back this kind of tweener face but heelish kind of tendency sort of guy O'Card is the gold standard of the company. He's like what Tanahashi was maybe five or so, may I say, ten years ago, and yep. he lost. He and I was expecting him to to win, but he lost and went on this uh, journey of. I guess doubted himself. He did win the Intercontinental title, but he really disrespected it. And I, at first, I didn't understand why he disrespected this title, but then it made sense because that title had main evented a previous Wrestle Kingdom where he was champion or challenging for the main title. And I know I've been talking for a long time. Can you put this? <laughs> can you put this in perspective uh, for me, uh, Rose?
0: Yeah, I mean, this is a testament to how New Japan writes their shows, right? It's actually very different. The WWE because WWE have uh, a set amount of TV shows that made commitments to TV networks that so we're going to provide you this many viewers for this. It's a very big stack of things they need to get immediate results from. But a company like New Japan with their culture can write very long storylines. So like you described there, you just went over a, a good couple of years leading up to this match. It's what uh, Japan can do brilliantly because they can build up the hopes and dreams of a wrestler over years and years and he finally gets to the top and doesn't win the big one. And you immediately go, where do we go from here? But you learn that that's just the beginning of his story. Mm. And he's going to evolve and grow from that. And Naito is a a great example of a storyline you probably couldn't do in WWE or anywhere in the West. Because it's a man who was hated by his own people. He was supposed to be loved, like Roman Reigns. And they hated Naito. They could not stand him. So he goes to Mexico. And he joins a Mexican gang. And they teach him how to disavow his heritage. And he comes back to Japan with Los Ingobernables de Japón, the Japanese leg of a Mexican game, where he says, I don't need your Japanese culture anymore. This this belt that I've won, I'm going to now tear it apart because I don't care about your prestige. And he became the Stone Cold of New Japan. He became the rebel, the renegade that stuck his nose up at the entire idea of what they're doing. And he's an icon. And I think this Wrestle Kingdom could be the culmination of the icon that is Tetsuya Naito. But I'm biased, of course, because mm. I'm pledge myself
1: to Los and Gobernables they hop on for life. So. <laughs> um I I mean I guess as a fan and as a storyline, sort of the you know, the old payoff uh quote unquote, I feel I mean that would make sense for that to happen. But Okada, I mean, like I said, he's the man. He he is the Dusty Rhodes. He is the Ric Flair. He is all yeah. the American or, you know, all these other wrestling legends, all wrapped up into one. He is like like is it close to say he's always... Borderline god, at least within the wrestling world in Japan.
0: Yeah, yeah. this is the crazy thing, and why I think they're doing a two night event and why it's culminating in this. Because all four guys have legitimate reasons to be huge parts of what New Japan has become, right? I've already explained Naito. It goes without saying with Okada, like you said, the Ric Flair of Japanese wrestling, he is the man 100% every time. Great matches, you know you're going to see something great with Okada. Going back to the Omega feud was one of the greatest. In ring feuds I've ever seen, Toto Ibushi has had such a long storyline. His time with Kenny Omega in the Golden Lovers, he left New Japan uh, to find dreams elsewhere, and it really you know offended people. And he came; back, he had to rebuild his respect, and this is his chance to finally become the champion. And Jay White is like home built New Japan mm. Westerner. He's a New Zealander guy who's gone through the young lion system and come up and become a main event guy. Really, they didn't have to buy him from WWE he's built by them and I think all four could win the whole thing and that's what's great about New Japan so I love it
1: and that's what I was gonna uh, mention you, you kind of got uh, I wouldn't say that Naito and Okada are of the uh, the old guard but they're, the I, Ibushi and white you'd have to say that's the the new era that's the new guard yeah. uh, moving yeah. forward so that's why I say you don't want to I guess sleep on those guys and taking out the dual titles Um but I, I was talking about how great Okada was. I kind of feel Okada, Okada doesn't need the, the dual titles. I don't, even, I don't even feel that he needs the main IWGP title. I feel he is enough on his own. So I kind of feel it will either go with Naito or Abushi or White. I, I kind of more want to go with uh, Jay White because he is technically New Zealand, but as Aussies, usually anything great that comes out of New Zealand, we're like, no, no, no that's a, they're Australian. They're, they're Australian. Yeah.
0: Jay White is the crowded house of professional wrestling. <laughs> uh, I love it; that's fantastic. But yeah, I, I, um, I, I, I actually, I honestly see night two. The final will be Abushi uh, and Naito. and you can flip a coin who's going to win that because th- those two guys are going to kill each other.
1: Uh, every so. time I watch an Abushi uh, an Abushi match, I feel like my neck has physically been broken just by watching yeah, him.
0: Yeah, guys, stop, stop worrying about your nest of fake barbed wire and your your uh, baseball bats with broom and barbed wire Forget about that. Just watch Ibushi fall on the back of his head. That's the most <laughs> violent thing you'll ever see in professional wrestling.
1: Uh, so you're putting it down that it will be a Naito uh, pain off of a storyline, or Ooh. will we get a swerve? Oh, will, we, will, ah, we get a Vi- will we get a Vince Russo swerve, bro? I mean,
0: they very well could uh, they Very well could put White through over Naito and surprise us all, and have... Uh, White the Ibushi as the final. I don't know, but if it's down to Ibushi and Naito, honestly, both results will make me ecstatic. One will make me cry, um, but both will make me very happy. So I, I wouldn't know, but I'm biased. i got to go with my boy Naito. I've got to go with it.
1: Wrestle Kingdom, it is going to be on January 4 and January 5 next year in 2020. There. Obviously, the best way to check that, that out is via New Japan World, which is worth its weight in gold. Uh, oh, especially... dude,
0: NJPWWorld.com. It's yeah. 10 bucks a month, just like the network. It's totally worth it. It's Absolutely. totally worth
1: it. Absolutely. And I'm glad that I was talking to you about New Japan because I was, ch- as I was trying to explain the story there, I kind of felt like I was just, you, I almost got lost in my own words. So thank God you <laughs> could uh, pull me no, out of the. Great, uh, mate.
0: It's not easy to know New Japan storylines.
1: They're long and they're convoluted, but they're great. All right, let's talk a bit of WWE after the break. You're on Wrestling Source Radio, Coast FM 963. Wrestling Source Radio. Wrestling Source Radio, Coast FM 963. Rodney Dion, joined by Rose, one-third of the Top Rope podcast. And it's time to talk WWE now, Rose. Um, TLC is going to be on the WWE Network uh, tomorrow for all the Aussie viewers. Uh, I do believe it's the Miz taking on Bray Wyatt, not the feed. So uh, the feed. Yeah. Um, so that will be interesting to see how that plays out. But I kind of feel sorry for the TLC pay per view. It kind of it's that in between pay per view where people are kind of getting ready for the Road to WrestleMania. They've just had Survivor Series. It's it's almost a very glossed over pay per view. So I was kind of going to gloss over it now and just go <laughs> right to the Road to WrestleMania. I mean, it's been a pretty good 2019 for WWE. I mean, it's hard for them not to have a great year with i guess questionable interesting storylines however you want to um i guess uh, look at it but after this pay-per-view TLC we we head into the Royal Rumble which is the road to WrestleMania i mean who do you who do you see main eventing this year's WrestleMania well
0: it's like it, i'll just comment quickly on what you said there before about this time is tough for wrestling you're right because th- this is what you would call probably the off season yeah. of WWE um from like November to uh, Royal Rumble in January, it's kind of the time, you know, a lot of wrestlers go to see their families. The shows would have um, less, less of the roster there because they're all taking their Christmas time and stuff. So, yeah, it, don't feel weird that TLC doesn't feel like a big enough show because that's just this time of year. And once we hit Royal Rumble, all that's forgotten, and we're heading towards WrestleMania. And uh, I think this WrestleMania will be really big. Who do I want to see headline is an interesting question because uh, there's a question about whether Ronda Rousey comes back. Mm. Um, and whether they go again with another women's main event like a, a some someone with Rousey could be really interesting, um, or whether they keep building things like the Fiend and Lesnar. I mean, i I'm, me for me personally, I'd love to see the Fiend versus Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania, and it's revealed that Brock Lesnar's one fear is clowns. Oh, really? And like, yeah, and Brock Lesnar's just like terrified of clowns. You know
1: what I mean? <laughs> so it's like it's like an elephant with a little mouse. And he's like, clown. Oh, clown. He's like running away from it. Big muscly guy. That'd just be hilarious to me. Um, I spoke to Simon Tackler a few weeks ago in regards Simon. to semen, oh, uh, semen punk, <laughs> CM oh. punk. <laughs> <laughs> oh God. That's going to C- stick. Yeah. CM punk uh, return. Well, I guess doing the whole WWE backstage, which is, a contract with Fox has got nothing Mm. technically to do with WWE. Do you feel CM Punk will have any impact on uh, next year's WrestleMania?
0: I think so, yes. Yeah, if if I was a betting man, I'd say yes. I I think the fact that CM Punk agrees to come back to a show through Fox, in fairness, but to talk talk about Wrestle Wrestling means he's thinking about it again. Yeah. And if I know anything about CM Punk, is that deep down inside of him, outside all the cynicism towards his experience in his career, he loves wrestling. He really does. And it's, a bug that I think is coming back to him, uh, and I think he'd like to do it on his terms. So I think now is a better time than ever to allow him to do that. And there is a natural feud already there with the now, the now bad guy Seth Rollins that uh, uh, you know aligned himself with the authors of pain this week. Mm. Um, so, I mean, I would pay amazingly large amounts of money to see Seth Punk, uh, Seth Punk see Seth Rollins versus CM Punk.
1: Well, um, Simon did mention that uh, Seth Rollins is the um, the user friendly CM Punk version or the WWE CM Punk version.
0: <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, I mean there is similarities between them. They're both uh, guys with massive chips on their shoulders. They they, they believe they what they believe they are number one. So therefore, they manifest it. So both those guys can be taken as cocky, uh, arrogant, uh, disrespectful, uh, but also can be described as driven and extremely talented. And uh, I think there's an affinity there. And I I think it would be silly for WWE not to explore that because that could become an iconic feud between two guys that have similar builds to their characters, I feel
1: absolutely and let's talk about the women last wrestlemania i feel people would have been happy with it just being a ronda rousey becky lynch main event but they obviously made it even better by throwing a charlotte flair in there (coughs) how about we just go with that original match a ronda rousey becky lynch it's it's sort of there's not much that really has to be explained ronda rousey could be like well my shoulders were never down on the mat properly so technically you never really beat me let's do it one-on-one wrestlemania boom
0: It makes total sense. I mean, I I think it would be hard to headline a second WrestleMania with a match with one less person in it. So it would probably be a a middle-of-the-show match, or it would be a hell of a starter, actually. But uh, uh, Lynch v. uh, Rousey is definitely someone you'd want to explore, and it makes sense because Lynch is still a massive, massive deal in women's wrestling. So I think we'd all like to see that one-on-one for sure.
1: Or, uh, if you listen to Uncle Dave Meltzer, uh, potentially, uh, Becky Lynch is to take on Oscar because obviously at the Royal Rumble, um, earlier this year, she submitted, lost the SmackDown title, I believe at the time. And everyone thought that was really odd Then she would go on to win the Rumble. And obviously the error of Becky Lynch was official. Um you know, sort of uh, getting the monkey off the back, so to speak, uh, by beating Oscar. Could that sort of eventuate a WrestleMania, or you don't think so? I guess we could
0: be. I I've, I've really like the direction that Oscar's taken this year. I, um, to kind of uh, reference the great mooter and bring back the mist and stuff, Is I think it's a really, really cool idea. And uh, But I'm I'm kind of loving her in the Kabuki Warriors. Mm. I think she's doing great stuff. In the Kabuki Warriors, I love their entrance, I love their teamwork, I love their, their heel work. I think they're really fun. So um, I'm fine if she stays with that group and that leads all the way through to them defending the titles at WrestleMania, which would make sense. But um, if they want Oscar in that role, I think Oscar's a great, kind of cool heel right now. And it would, uh, it would that, that would totally work. Oscar's amazing. All
1: right, let me pitch this to you, Rose. Okay. Uh, I believe it was WrestleMania 33 where John Cena challenged uh, The Undertaker. Right. And the lights go out. You think, Ooh. oh, The Undertaker's here and then you hear that beautiful guitar strum, and it's Elias. <laughs> and obviously, he beat up Elias, and then The Undertaker came out. All right, fast yeah. forward to the next WrestleMania. Elias mm-hmm. is trying to do a performance, and who comes out and interrupts him? A th- oh. a throwback John Cena with the Thugonomics uh, gimmick. Ooh. Let's settle this at WrestleMania. Elias v. John Cena, in a wrestling match, in a, in a in a longer than five minutes, or you know yeah. the five moves of doom, or whatever you want to call it, um, let's let's have them finish this off because maybe the not the most. Um, in the minds of the wrestling viewer. But these guys have been feuding for the past few years when John Cena has been on WWE television. Uh, yeah. Obviously, the last time, I think, at WrestleMania or even the Super Showdown uh, here in Australia. I would love to see... I think Elias' is money. I'm a big Elias guy. I, I, I love Elias. And I feel that he needs to be in something a bit more meaningful. And let's face it, John Cena, he, he, doesn't, he doesn't need wins. I don't think losses really affect his legacy now. And I feel like, you know, what a way to make a guy like Elias... Yeah,
0: 100%. I'll say this. From all the WWE stars and NXT stars that I've seen come out to Australia and I've seen them wrestle in person, there's two stars that when I saw them wrestle in person, I turned to Chris next to me and said, this guy's got it. Yeah. This guy could be a main eventer. Two guys. One was Andrade. Yep. And one was Elias. Yep. Because seeing them both actually wrestle, like the characters are great. Like Elias especially is such a great character, but you see him wrestle and you're like, this guy, he's got it. Like he could, he could be a main eventer if this, if this character grows. So I, I'm 100% behind the idea of giving Cena a match this year at WrestleMania that, that brings up a new star like Elias. I think it's the right time to do that. Can I throw one at you? Sure. Edge. Mm-hmm. There's talk that Edge might be medically feared to wrestle. Uh, I, I do remember the time Edge came in last at Royal Rumble and shocked the world. Um, you know, they could do something like that again with Edge at Rumble. And amaze everyone, and, and and lead to something at WrestleMania, like a Edge v Lesnar,
1: maybe. What about an Edge v Baron Corbin? Edge v Corbin,
0: yeah. I mean, if you just wanted to feature Edge, and it doesn't need to be, I mean, it depends. It, it would all depend on what Edge's plans were. So if they go, all right, you're back in, and you're in for the next three years contracted, then well, let's give him the title and give him a long run, and or give him a title shot and bring him straight back in, or maybe, yeah, like you said, if it's just a one-off feature match, and someone like Baron Corbin probably needs a storyline right now. What, what about a Roman Reigns v Edge?
1: Well, I'm sort of still secretly hoping for uh, Dwayne The Rock Johnson to return and take on um, Roman and give him the Rock Rub.
0: I've always dreamed of Roman turning heel with the Usos and starting just this really dangerous Samoan hit squad. Yeah, and then would be the right time for Rock to try and come back and say, you know, you're my family and you're acting like this in must stop and they all beat up the Rock and they're dastardly and then you go to this massive feud. I think that's something potentially down the road. But if I was organising the pieces, I'd go Rock Brock. I'd put Rock Brock together and then I'd go Fiend Roman uh, and then, yeah, edge, edge, edge
1: Baron could be fine. I'd say, you, yeah. you know what we've successfully done here, Rose? What's that? We have outbooked ourselves. I'm not sure if you watch, uh, or sorry, listen to the Marty and Sarah Love Wrestling podcast, and they have like a segment, How Do You Want This to Go? And they get into this whole intricate sort of storyline or booking, and you know what? They go, You know what we just did? We outbooked ourselves.
0: Yeah, we should just keep it simple, man. Let's just go back to Brock being afraid of clowns and the fiends <laughs> just chasing him around the ring. That'd be great.
1: It's always a pleasure speaking with you, Angie Rose, the voice of PWA, I'll say it again, and one third of the. Top Rope Wrestling Podcast, that is through Triple M, find that all online and uh, if people want to get in contact with you and uh, send you some hate tweets or hate mail <laughs> how can they do that?
0: Uh, they can reach me on Twitter at, at AndrewRoseNose uh, and you can hit me up on Twitter, I'm having to talk anytime um, thanks so much for having me on man, you've got a great show and I love talking wrestling with wrestling fans and uh, it's a very exciting time to be one, so I appreciate your time dude.
1: Well let's uh, not keep it too long between drinks, uh, let's get you yeah. back on the show early for uh, 2020. Yeah, sounds good. I'm in. It's Wrestling Source Radio, Coast FM 963 and that just about does another show Uh, As it is a wrap, please do check out all the socials for Wrestling Source Radio It's at Wrestling Source Bottle or I should say it's at Says Source as in Tomato sauce. but you can find us by typing into your Google machine Wrestling Source Bottle. We are on Twitter, we are on Facebook we are on Instagram and we're also on Spotify and iTunes. That's where I podcast all the shows up for your listening pleasure. So we'll be back in a fortnight uh talking all great wrestling and all great things of course and like i said subscribe via itunes and give us a review as well but until next time keep it real that's a wrap for wrestling source radio on coast fm 963 (laughs)